Taylor, yeah. we don't have a guest. Mm-mm. Our guest today is Existential Dread. Yes, it really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I wanted to ask you, Taylor, about mm. a thing you're working on. Sure. Uh, in Grasshopper, which has been a topic yeah. of discussion before on this podcast. Yeah, it comes up a lot. Yeah, and also your, um, what I think is a, it, it is both a Grasshopper project and a 3D printing project for which you have a new 3D printer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw what looked to be like hexagons that have different connection points on them in an Instagram post that you posted. And I, I wanted to know more. Sure. Are you familiar with Truchet, the French designer? No. I think this was long enough ago that he may have been considered more of like a natural philosopher or something like a proto-scientist. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But he wrote this whole treatise just about, um, if you imagine a shape which is a square that is diagonally bisected. So it features a black triangle and a white triangle, right? Diagonally bisected. Okay, yes, got so, it. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. take a square, draw a line yep. between two yep. uh, corners. Um, and so, you know, if, if you're just rotating that on a grid at 90 degrees, there's only four possible positions. And if you think about the black arrow is either pointing lower left, lower right, upper left, upper right. Those yep. are the only four options, right? And then you can take that, and as you stack it across a larger and larger area, you can come up with really great moments of complexity, uh, just building patter- patterns out of that single shape uh, rotationally. Oh. And so a lot of people have played around with that. Um, it's really funny to look at the thing he wrote about it, because he really digs in there and says, you know, like, if you have 10 tiles, this is every single combination, and then just iterates through every single one. So there's pages and pages of little groups of tiles that are only very slightly different. Um, anyway, so, so that's sort of, that's T-R-U-C-H-E-T. And uh, if, only, if only Gilles was here, he could have... He would totally, <laughs> for, yeah, rock Pronounce that. it correctly. Yep. Um, and then uh, if you do a hexagon version, uh, Chris Riley, our buddy Chris Riley, does a really nice grasshopper tutorial on LinkedIn Learning where he works with a hexagon version of Truchet. So that one's a little harder to describe, but if you imagine a hexagon and you take one of its points and then, so, so one of the points in the hexagon has a little line segment on either side, right? So the point describes where two facets meet. Yeah. So then imagine going outward from the point to the midpoint of each of those facets and then connecting the two of them with an arc that represents like a portion of a circle. Okay. Um, and actually, now that I think about it, a circle isn't even required, but as long as the entry and exit is in those two same places, and then you mirror that thing over to the other side, and then you also have a line running straight through the object. So it's like two little semicircles that are cut to the left and right, and then a vertical line in the middle. And then if you take those hexes and reproduce them over and over um, as they sit next to each other, it, it creates what appears to be lines that are perfectly connected and just kind of run around little loop-de-loops and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that one's really hard to talk about yeah. without a visual, but the yeah. um, the idea being there's no incorrect way to lay the tiles next to each other and the patterns will always be contiguous no matter how you rotate them relative to one another. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so you're 3D printing the little hexagon shapes, is that? Is that right? Uh, that, that was just a way to sort of visualize it. So I'm working on a grant-supported project. It's a grant, a faculty development grant from Columbia College, Chicago. Uh-huh. And um, I'm working with two podcast former guests, uh, Jay Stephen Lee, who we had on way back, yeah. who was doing processing work, and then Kay Dart, who we had on very recently. 
Um, and so our goal is going to be to make these big uh, cast iron letters that you can charge with uh, propane and then actually have them um, uh, shooting flaming jets out oh of them. Oh my gosh. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be great. Kay has already made a prototype which looks super um, heavy metal and awesome, and then now we're just kind of finalizing the patterning and the font and all that stuff and the um, and the words we'll use. That's really great. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kay, Kay is a is a badass. Yeah, yeah, both of them are badasses. Mm-hmm. We've uh, mm-hmm. we've worked with a lot of badasses, and um, I'm I'm so addicted to doing collaborative projects. I get so bored just sitting in my. Uh-huh, sitting in my uh-huh. house thinking about it by myself you know uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah is, is that just my fear of taking charge is, is it like me trying to spread around a project going bad or do you, <laughs> do you or is that just too cynical of a view rub 83 episodes in i'm going to admit i you drive me crazy <laughs> <laughs> i can't no, take clearly. it anymore yeah right <laughs> no collaboration's the way to do it man i i feel like all of this is just a way to hang out with friends uh-huh, you know, that's like uh-huh. that's the main goal I my um I have a family story about uh people making other people crazy. My grandfather, I think when he was like probably 80 or so, mm. you know, quite up there in life uh and had been married to my grandmother for, you know, 50 years or more, more than 50 years. Um so my grandmother would always make chicken on on Sunday night, you know, it was always this big to do <laughs> and stuff. And then when he was, I, I mean, he was 75, 80, definitely up there, finally told her, like, you know, I don't really like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> she was, like, beside herself. Yeah. So so when, was there some other um, psychological factor that caused this to burst forth, or had it just been slowly brewing for 50 years? I do feel like there was some reason it couldn't happen. Like, maybe he was in the hospital. Like, there was some reason the Sunday, you know, event mm. couldn't happen. And so Maybe he was just trying to make her feel better. I know that's the thing. Yeah, he he wasn't like a he wasn't like a a man of so many words, you know. So I told you I loved you once. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Taylor, we have a couple of open challenges mm-hmm. that I have not dug into in a way that is beyond the sketchbook. Lentils, mm-hmm. which is a, a really great uh, challenge, and also practicing our Spanish. Yep, I'm working on that one, but I, I don't have Me the too. finished product yet. Me too. Yep, same. So cool. So maybe next episode or so we'll have some uh, juicy, juicy things to share there. I do have a, f- a number of discoveries uh, and things that I've become a, a fan of lately. Hold forth. You may know about these, but I learned about these somewhat recently. Uh, like my jaw was just like on the ground. I was like, wait, what? Wire tie mounts for like cable management? Do you know sure. things? There are square pieces of plastic. They have like double stick tape on one side. And you, there's like a little loop in the square. And so you can double. St- four loops, right? Yeah. So you can go in exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You double stick these. You, st- you stick these te- like little squares, you know, wherever you want to route your cables, say inside of a chassis or something. Mm-hmm. And then you can wire tie off to these mounts anywhere you need them. And damn it, Taylor, I have needed this for years. <laughs> I did not know about it. Like, sure. I mean, so much of my life has been spent being like, well, these cables are going to flop around in this thing I made. And then this person I made this for, artist or whomever, is going to open it up and the cables will have like shook loose and horrible things will have happened. And then I found out, you know, for $9, I can get a 200 pack of these cable ties. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Can't anyway. buy a time machine, though. 
Nope. <laughs> and um, I have a project I'm working on on the, on the on the side. It's a project for a 17-year-old friend of mine. And it is a vanity mirror. Like, oh. you know, the vanity lights around the outside edges of the mirror. Mm-hmm. She has the mirror and she was like, hey, I have this project I want to work on. It would be cool to put LED lights around the outside of this mirror. And I was like, oh, that's great. And it really... um. It's really turned into quite the project. Like we did a shop safety class and she did some uh, t- like use the crosscut sled and use a regular table saw to do some cuts. But, nice. you know, a simple vanity mirror project, it, it takes you into a lot of interesting areas in physical making. We made a kind of paper prototype so full, at full scale so we could think about the positioning of the lights and stuff before we made our cuts. And um, she's been having a really good time. And, and also it's been interesting to think about like, oh, what, how do, how would you mount? She wants those kind of classic globe bulbs, you know, that are in a vanity mm-hmm. mirror. They're kind of more puffy than a regular, um, totally regular baby. bulb. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and man, the world of, um, have you ever dipped your toe at all into this like world of, um, uh, like light bulb specs, like they have names and numbers and like, like these are called G25s and G25s are a certain type of like the mount bulb yes the mount but then also the the shape and the width candelabra right are these like little 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 guys that you would put in like um chandeliers you know especially Mm -hmm. like i feel like in the 80s or something those were popular i think you're thinking of a chandelabra a chandelabra yes (laughs) gotta get my dad joke out for the day yeah yeah chandel chandelabra would would be my drag name for sure (laughs) Uh, who do we have in st louis i think like six pack of pepsi or something (laughs) Is two, that a two liter? I forget what what that. Yeah. Oh, is that someone's drag name? Two liters are really well, great drag name. The I think oh, Audrey had such a good one. Audrey, well, she, she was doing really good with her roller derby names, but hers was um, Ooh, nice. Oh, uh, Pushy Galore, I think was her roller Whoa, derby name. Oh, so amazing. good. Yeah. Wow, that's a really good one. My drag name was going to be Waxy Buildup. Oh that my gosh! That I had mine. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the other thing that was revived to me because I had to. I was out of gaffer tape, and I decided I wanted more interesting gaff tape than black and so i got like hot pink and that's been pretty nice well before you leave all these things by a couple of questions yes slash statements uh one have you thought about putting an easter egg in your uh 17 year old friend's vanity mirror oh my gosh no but i am going to that's a great well, idea like say well, well does this person listen to this podcast oh no no i don't think so well you could put a, you could put a little bumper telling them not to listen but the uh like, for example, you could put really easily, because you're already putting hardware in to control the LEDs, right? Or are they just, right. just dumb LEDs? Well, they are, yeah, they're like regular light bulb mounts, and then they're just LED bulbs inside the mounts. But there will be a dimmer, which mm. is like a regular wall dimmer switch. You should expose them to those strips of 50-50s, the RGB ones. You know, to get some, like, crazy glow effects on there? Yeah, I asked, and I, and I was surprised that, um, it wasn't, she wanted it to be a sort of a more classic vibe as opposed well, I mean, to, you could have it do both. That's like true. You can switch it, switch it into disco mode. That's really true. You could, it could be the party light box also. Right. Have you, have you sat her down just to demonstrate what those RGB strips look like when they're no, running should. the cycles? No, think I about should. it. Yep. Yep. Um, but the, like, for example, you could do a, uh, a knock sensor on there where they have to oh. figure out, like, you have to knock shaving a haircut two bits and disco mode turns That's on or so something. so good. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. That's a really good. great idea. That mm. was thing number one. Okay. And then also, um, I've been working on refreshing my um, home computer build out. I like Ooh. trying to 
build them out every couple of years. And yeah, the whole um, differences between uh, processors and all these new specs that are um, designated by uh, uh, capital letters on the back end of Titan. Yeah, so like I'm right there with you in terms of the light bulb conversation. Oh yeah, what are, what are some of the new? What are some of those in the in the PC building world? So you're generally picking Intel versus AMD, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's people that argue this or that, but um, I'm sticking to the Intel stuff. And then they have i3, 5, and 7, Seven. and I think 9. 9, yep. Um, and those relate to the number of cores um, and the threading you can do on it and so forth. But if you want to overclock, you need a chip with a K suffix. And if you want onboard graphics, you need an F suffix, but that's wow. only for certain generations. And then once you get past the I number, you'll have like a 4,000 series, 5,000 and so on. So those are the generations. So an I3 10,400 is um, newer than like an I9 3000 series or whatever. Wow. It's just, yeah, uh, it's, it's very, very brain melting and tr- trying to figure out what you're actually getting for the cost is um, it's quite the research project. Yeah. It's one of those like, um, it's like, what do I want to build? It's like, well, take a look at our product life cycle for these nine products lines and these 900 SKUs related to those. Oh my God. Like, come totally. on people. Like just, yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Are you, um, are you in the middle of a build or are you just scheming right now? I'm thinking about it. Um, I might be able to get uh, a buddy offered to send me a graphics card that had been occupied doing like Bitcoin mining or something, but wasn't being used anymore, Uh which is great. We'll see if it actually happens. I don't want to dox them if um, it turns out it doesn't work out. Uh Uh But the, um, uh, but it was a great offer. And so I figured I'd start building around that. And then, um, you know, just if you haven't checked in in a couple of years, a whole bunch of stuff has changed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but it is it is kind of useful to get your get your mind off of other things. I, I'll feel remiss if we don't talk at least a little bit about the the craziness of the world. But oh my gosh, yeah, uh, it was that something you were actively trying to avoid? N- no, it's. I mean, it's been. Jeez, it's just we've had like six p.m. curfews here and stuff. Like it's been really, mm. really pretty pretty wild. Um, I mean, overall, like I'm I'm pretty excited that people are are engaged in this and like it's um a thing you know mm-hmm. um that man it's just like the double whammy of like everything was already feeling so strange and now it's like yeah i mean it feels different this time for sure yeah yeah and it's it's become like a global thing too which has been really nice to see like i saw like a huge protest in amsterdam and stuff and right like, wow that's neat so in france so yeah. yeah, I think the the thing that gets me thinking about just on the topic we normally talk about is is it responsible to spend you know time and energy and resources on making stuff? Yeah, right now. I mean, I, I'm assuming that you have a somewhat you describe this young person with a vanity as a friend of yours, but yeah. it's certainly a mentoring relationship too. Yeah. You're describing, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so that you know that strikes me as valuable, but then there's so many people that feel like you know, like there's this position, particularly when thinking about your um, circumstances as having white privilege or something, like is doing calm stuff enough. But at the same time, I don't know that, um, you know, getting everyone out there and getting them sick right now is going to be useful either. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the fact that um, the virus affects communities of color so much more strongly for a whole variety of reasons. And that there's large amounts of people of color 
that are, you know, not engaging in, um, six foot distancing and so forth. And I'm just, I'm just really curious what the ultimate effect is going to be. And like, what's the most responsible and effective solution and is thinking about things as responsible and effective. Is that just the privilege talking? Right, right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it has definitely, uh, uh, troubled. And I mean that in a good way, a lot of people thinking about what, what should they be doing, you know, right. Uh, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Like, I think it's really good to be like, to be pushed off the couch a little bit and be like, Oh, what am I doing? Where is, where is my own, what is my own sense of personal risk? What is my own sense of personal privilege? Like, yeah, there's a lot, a lot there that's just like fallen into the laps of people. And the, and like, there, you know, these are tropes, but it's like, oh, people are complaining that they've watched every single thing on Netflix. It's like, well, you know what? Yeah. Go try to figure out how to do something else. Um, and I understand like some of that is attached to like probably feeling super depressed and freaked out because like right. you lost your job and all that other stuff. So I don't want to downplay that. But at the same time, like, um, you know, we are creating new normals. If there's ever been a time to feel like, the old normal wasn't working for you just do some personal experimenting right and see what what starts to feel better and then like maybe that stuff can stick within your own peer group and with your own family and then become a new normal so yeah it's um you know that said also there's you know there's plenty of systems in the world out there who are not doing us any favors and don't want us to do anything differently you know (laughs) but but uh but even within your own friend and family group if you are feeling like you can experiment with even just how you talk about things with yourself or other people i don't know seems seems like a time to do it it seems like the best way i can make no mistake is to just take care of what's in my yard but that also feels like part of that problem so when i'm sitting down to think about you know building a pc or um 3d printing to truchet hex tiles or whatever uh-huh, uh-huh. i do certainly have some moments with like well geez what's it all for yeah <laughs> like yeah. am i part of the problem because i'm able to just decide not to think about mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. police brutality or whatever and do my little, my little makey shit. So I don't know. What do you yeah. think, Rob? Do we need to drop these projects? And, um, <laughs> or, or in fact, as you and I talking about this and, you know, communicating with our audience about our uncertainties, is that productive? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I certainly think it's productive. I, I do think, you know, you know, Occupy Wall Street, which now is even like weird to say, cause it seems so long ago. And so, yeah so relevant, but also so far away. Right. Um, I, I participated pretty heavily in that. And by participating, I, it was a new way of participating for me. And it was really like an epiphany I kind of had about, were you in New York back then? I was, a, I was, I had just arrived in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm. So, so not okay. so long, but, um, yes, yeah, so I wasn't actually at wall street, but, um, I was occupying uh, LA city hall. And, um, the thing that I didn't sort of realize and I think part of this is because like, I'm, I'm like a Gen Xer, like I'm not attached to earlier protest, like when other protest movements were formed, like in say mm. the, the, you know, 19th century or even any time in the mid 20th century uh, in the sixties and stuff. Um, but like the, the, the task of the protester is to just show up, right? Mm. That's it. It's a very simple thing. A person of any, you know, uh, mobility, anyone who with, with a modest means of mobility mm-hmm. can just show up. Right. And like, that's the job. You don't have to do anything else. The sheer effort of just creating numbers in a place is the, is the work. And that was like really freeing for me because I feel like as someone who has been, sc- 
schooled literally in this like idea that I am a culture creator or something, you know, is mm-hmm. that like, oh, I have to be doing X or Y because like I have some sort of cultural voice it was weird. But also like as someone who is obsessed with their own personal productivity to the point of paranoia, <laughs> it's about the opposite about of that, right? It's about just being present and just hanging out, being there and, and talking to people, you know? feeling the experience of protesting with other people it made me be able to go home and just feel like i can do whatever i want now that because like i i participated in this way that felt important but it was also didn't didn't force me to get caught up in a bunch of other like thinking around am i doing the right thing or not but that we still require somebody to have a somewhat more explicitly engaged sure or, or planning approach sure, right sure yep yep to do nothing versus just showing up right just mm-hmm. showing up is better yeah, and, sh- sure. and certainly there's more we could do, but if it's, if you are able to show up and you don't, that is a, a much um, bigger travesty than, 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 than all the other things, right? That like, if you just show up and do the thing, you've done your thing. Like you don't really you know. And if you want to participate in other ways, you can. I think the mask wearing is also interesting because uh-huh. it's, um, I mean, whenever I go out, into public, I put my mask on and I feel like even though I'm aware of the science, it feels like I'm doing something to protect myself, but really it's entirely a signaling thing and a social thing, right? So yeah, I, I put it on to protect other people and then go out as I'm sure a lot of people have this experience. And then I'm frustrated as I encounter people that don't Art. Yes, <laughs> yeah. because they're not really making a decision for about themselves. They're making a yep. decision about me. Yep. And so it's unlike so many things. I mean, there's plenty of politeness in society in terms of, you know, moving out of the way for somebody mm-hmm, to get around mm-hmm. you or whatever. Yep. But I, I'm so interested in how the masks are now uh, this other language that's sort of a shortcut to I care about you or I don't care about you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, you know, so I know that I know some people like a, a former grad student at Columbia is working on trying to make that a more explicit political gesture through a new media art lens. I mean, we're going to see oh, just uh-huh. so much new media art come out of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that I you know, so. some is going to be good and some is going to be not so good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, like with everything, like with wearables, like, I, mean, I don't know, what are some of the other new media buckets where you feel like it's easy to go astray on them? Yeah. Wearables feels like a, a big, a big one. That's a really good point. Yeah, um, that's one that gets me a lot. I mean, I've been a little bit bummed out that the sort of street art presence of things around COVID-19 has felt really small. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true in Chicago and New York and St. Louis or uh, Boise, whatever. Like, But it's it I just haven't has, gone out. It's felt know. smaller here. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I, I think what's interesting is like I feel like I feel myself feeling like very like I have like a heightened awareness when I'm like walking the dog or something like mm-hmm. because there's fewer people around and because I'm kind of always tuned in to, you know, other people around me and stuff that like in some ways like street art now could, could be a little bit more impactful than it's been in the past because like there's so many stores that are closed. Like there's just a different w- world space that we inhabit and we're outside yeah. now that I don't know. There's some, there's something there that I, I haven't, seen people jump on so i've been thinking about that but well i mean you have seen some old stuff come back like a cab or is yep. it just acab yeah uh, all cops are bastards being yep. that which got going out of uh, the uk if i'm not mistaken right oh really the, okay 
I think that was the origin. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Might have had like a punk origin, but um, there's some other ones I've seen. I need to research just because I'm unaware of them. Like, what's uh, what's fuck twelve? What's the what's the twelve they're referring to? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna look this up real quick while we're talking here. You can hear my keyboard going click. Yeah, click. yeah, nice. Get some cherry brown rainbow fruit stripe keys. <laughs> uh, it looks like it's also just an anti-police slogan. But specifically, a police drug unit. Oh, interesting. Um, which is interesting, right? So, like, clearly, this particular debate. I mean, it's everything is so thorny and interleaved. Yeah, a, a bunch of policing does have to do with over policing certain communities for drugs or whatever. But for sure, th- that sounds a lot to me like somebody that sees somebody else do it, and so they do it, and it kind of loses uh-huh, some uh-huh. of its ori- original original meaning. Yeah. Uh, director Sidney Hayers used the phrase as the title for his 1972 crime drama. All oh. coppers are dot, dot, dot. Um, and then it was probably, I mean, if it's the early seventies, it was probably taken over by the, uh, punk scene. I imagine shortly mm-hmm, thereafter. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of a copper. We should call them coppers. Yeah. Copper. See? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You got anything, any other creative explorations, weird devices? Um, so I built the 3D printer, doing a PC build, and then working on this uh, flaming propane project. Um, I also got approached by a electronic supplier to see if they they um, if they could fund a little DIY project. Oh, cool! So I'm going to try to get a hold of a matrix of programmable LEDs. I think this one's like 64 by 64, and they're so bright that if you turn them on full blast, it's like a 15 amp draw or something. Whoa. <laughs> Or maybe maybe seven is what it was, but um, yeah. So I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to work on some big shiny projects like that, and then I'm also kind of musing on um, making a slider for my phone because I had this photography project that wow, slid cool. a TV, and now yeah. I'm finding that it's really not even necessary for it to be that big. So I might be recreating some devices with a 3D printer in the in the old basement. That's so cool. Um, and yes, I, I mentioned phone sliders too. There's been a number of people, probably like YouTubers and stuff, who think about for their own photo shoots or like video shoots, mm-hmm. a slider rail. That's really cool. Wow. Neat. I mean, there's probably stuff I can just download just mm-hmm. straight up and, you know, mm-hmm. start building it tomorrow. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then I had this idea kicking around that um, maybe it's something that you might want to do with me or not, but um, I'd love to see pictures of, I'd like to see people documenting the jigs that they're making in the studio. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and I really like the idea of trying to come up with a sort of virtual exhibition of the assistive devices people have yes. made yeah. on their way to making primary work. So yes. maybe that's something we could suggest. Like if you've got a cool little doohickey that you use so to you know, yep. hold something while you solder it or whatever, like let's, let's frame those as sculptural objects. Yeah, for sure. And then um, try to get them all out in the opposable underscore podcast hashtag. And then maybe we could come up with like a site for them to live on or something. That's a great, that's a great idea. Do you remember um, Federico Tabone's jig that he made for his piece? I was, I was just about to suggest, yeah, oh, so was, it, was that the jig to make the password? Uh, creator yeah he needed to like table saw these tiny cubes and so he made this really great like spring-loaded holder mechanism really nice yeah 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 yeah. exactly so maybe we can ask him we could reach out directly for sure yeah pop that on there yep yeah um i mean andy berkey would probably have some cool stuff as well oh for sure yeah i love it i mean that's that's such a cool um such a cool idea you know um do you know gareth branwin 
make magazine person. Really, really interesting person. He has a really cool book that you'll dig a lot. Tips and Tales from the Workshop. And it's um it definitely has some overlap with the jigs concept where it's like um like little ways, like people's little tips on how to do something. The one that I love in here, I don't know, I can't remember who did it, is attach a binder clip, two binder clips to your paintbrush, and then you can just leave the paintbrush the oh, handle yeah. the handle then won't soak into the paint can it'll mm-hmm. it'll stay um at a specific height above the paint can so you can um rest it there every time or using a toothpick to tab a tape roll with so you've always got you can find where the tape roll ends cool yeah yeah i'm trying to think i, I saw a really good one the other day on reddit where somebody was using a pie plate to cut out a hole for um a can light in a drywall ceiling and then it just uh, yeah. kept all the dust inside. Yeah, it was really nice. That's really good. Uh, yeah, that looks great, man. I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and Taylor, it is in the mail to you right now. <laughs> Whoa, look at this guy. <laughs> oh, man. Smooth. <laughs> he has a great thing that says that is um. Never ask if you can do the dishes. Just start doing the dishes uh-huh. when you're at someone's house. And I think that's a True. really great, really, really great tip. You know, no yep. one's going to no one's going to say yes. But when you start to do them, they're going to be appreciative. Which I thought was mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Taylor, I have a work meeting I have to go to, sadly. All right. Zoom calls. Yeah, it um, sure does. Yeah. Well, hopefully we got somewhere. I feel like we try to do a little bit of the work in our community, but I, I don't feel like I have any answers, but that's that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it does. Okay, quick shout out at your, what do you oh. think, Rob? Uh, oh no, it's another dust related one. Just uh, say it, <laughs> you're obsessed. So I'm, I'm bad to use a vacuum with no attachments because I just, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't need these attached, I don't know, whatever. But the dust one, the one with the little like um, brushy bristles on it yeah. is really good. If you want to, <laughs> dust uh like electronics with knobs you know like synths or something like that like different you know things that have like a lot of surface area you yeah. can really get in there and like clean it up just right oh, i should that- send you a link i i got this little thing i think blowers are also quite useful because there's no contact um, oh to like yeah. wipe off you know to break off delicate pieces but i got the crazy little blower that's specifically for electronics i should send you the link to it yep uh all right well good talking to you indeed see you later